0: Good morning, good morning. You are listening to Stay In The Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM. It's Sunday morning. We're here again. And I am joined in the studio today by three amazing guests who I will introduce shortly. If you haven't joined us before, this is a show that covers health and well-being. It talks about what works and what doesn't work in life. We are joined by people in the community and people from out of the community who share with us in their own way. Their experiences, their decision making, some of the choices they've made, the consequences of those choices. It goes beyond age barriers. Wisdom comes through children as much as adults. It's not uh, based on what education someone's had. This show is about sharing from their experiences and their their innate sense of wisdom and by discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share we can then choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and build a more sustainable loving and heartfelt way to be with each other thereby improving our physical and our mental health today's show is about toxic masculinity you might have read about it a little bit in the news and Um, A lot of it came out after the Harvey Weinstein um, affair. There were a lot of articles about toxic masculinity. And I still just didn't think we quite got to the nuts and bolts of what was really going on there. So I got in touch with a friend of mine called Robin Jones, who had been doing some... Research or some pulling together of current research and wrote a paper called The Culture of Men and Masculinity Redefining What It Means to Be a Man Now, what I may get a sense of you questioning is whether or not this is going to be a gender bashing name calling, shaming, blaming kind of show No, it is not It is a show that comes from loving men so much and seeing the struggles young men are having to grow into young men at the moment. The suicide rates for men um, in key age brackets and the risk-taking behaviour and the challenge faced by pack mentality screams that we must talk about what it means to be a man. In some circles, which will come out through the show, men are seen as wussy if they don't harden up and irresponsible if they don't grow up and push through the pain. So, I'm going to introduce my guests who are going to tease this out with us. And um, trust me, we are going to hold you through some of the questions that you may have. Because it's very important that we truly understand what the word masculinity means and what we're trying to hold on to when we don't actually want to let go of that word defining men in our lives. So, Robin Jones um, works as a counsellor. She's mid-honours psychology student at the back end of numerous other degrees in psychology and has found that she has a strength and a passion for working with men in courses, in groups and on one-on-one sessions. Welcome, Robin. Hello. Now, my other guests in the studio are um, Tony Sambal, from he he is the founder of TEG, uh, an earth-moving and mining company. He doesn't do that anymore. But um, when you hear the stories that he's going to tell us today, you can understand that that his background is very much in what I might before today have called a very manly world. He focuses on startups. He's got a startup called Trusted, um, and everything I've read on Tony's website. Really illustrates that he makes his businesses about people. Um, he says it's, it's, um, he really gives us stuff about people. It's people before profits without apology for profit. A sound business model, it seems to me. The trusted space is a consideration for how to work and be creative, such as walking and talking space, sleep pods, and a no tech zone. But Also coming up, we might have Tony back for World Skills Day because Tony was part of World Skills. Welcome to the studio, Tony. Thank you. Stephen Gamak, you might have heard in the studio before and particularly around this subject of of men. Stephen works in health promotion and has spent the last 15 years with experience in the health and fitness industry, an industry that's all about building a buff body, And sometimes we can um, build such a hardness in the body that we forget that the body is the connection to a, a real communication, as we share so often in this show. Stephen supports people to develop strength and fitness in a way that's deepening the connection in the body. And from this foundation, he works with them to be able to move with more ease and grace and enjoy the natural vitality that flows from that particular quality of movement.
1: Thank you. Good morning, Lucy.
0: It's lovely to have the three of you here. You bring such a different approach. And that's what I love about the conversation that we have the potential to have today. When we look at the definition of masculinity, I'm going to take this from your paper, Robin. It's been described as a set of social norms that place emphasis on men living and displaying certain traits... And expressions of manhood, such as being competitive and strong, avoiding perceived femininity and emotions, and being action-orientated, along with displays of anger and violence as acceptable. Now, can you expand on that? What's wrong with any of those things?
2: Well, first I'd like to say how long it took me to find that definition, um, in the literature and the research papers, it took over two hours of trolling through. It's like we, all the papers that I was reading actually assume that we know what masculinity is, but no one actually wanted to put it into words. So that was quite a small definition. But basically, masculinity is an opposition to femininity. So it's seen as anything other than that, and it's been pushed away. (coughs) Excuse me, to um, to separate the two very, very clearly. So we have
0: diverse, masculine, feminine. Never the two shall meet.
2: Well, not in masculinity. Yeah, definitely not in masculinity. So you know you can't be showing showing emotions. Um, you, You can't be expressing vulnerability there's you need to do it all on your own so there's a lot of um, not asking for help um, not seeking support um, internalizing a lot of things and just getting on with it
0: I noticed from your research paper that it's actually named as one of the causes of death have I got that correct
2: yeah it's the second leading cause of male suicide second only to depression right And I would probably say depression has a lot to do with masculinity.
0: And not knowing who you are and struggling under the weight of who someone tells you you are as a male.
2: Yeah, It's like we're asking men to put themselves in a box, a very clearly defined box. But that box is not who they are. No. So depression happens. Male suicide happens.
0: Mm. Tony, what was it like... Um, for you, in in the worlds that you have lived in so far, what's your experience been of that term masculinity?
3: Yeah, the, my experiences have been exactly as Robins described it. It was uh, you know, growing up as a teenager, where yeah, my my natural my natural states were to to you know to to see situations and and feel situations and that kind of thing, but then realizing I felt like the odd one out with that. Um, and feeling like I had to which is then I took us to fit in to fit in. I then, then I needed to start changing who I naturally was to do what I thought was doing the right thing to fit in. And started, you know, playing contact sports and started, you know, trying to express less emotion or or just to um, you know, big boys don't cry, you know, mm-hmm. if you fall over and eat yourself, dust it off and get on with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, and yeah, and so that that became that world and then and then also uh, in the industries I ended up working in which you know had a a lot of had a lot of great times there, you know, met a lot of amazing and great people, but uh, but knowing what I know now, what I could see was happening back then was uh, you know a lot of people wearing those masks and uh, and and just realising that there's so much they're holding on the inside but were acting the act or uh, being who they thought they needed to be versus being themselves, and saw that so much in sports and in uh, and in industry.
0: The masks is a really good way to expre- explain how you live behind something and it's the face that you put on that you know is acceptable to the world your parents your school your sports coaches you know all these people but inside nothing changes does it there's still that sensitive person they just know that they need they need to put this front on and it is a mask
3: it is that's right
0: Stephen how was it for you
1: yeah, probably very similar to Tony in in that sense. Um, what what Robin was talking about there when we talk about the, the feminine and the masculine. Um, I you know obviously remember being very young and having um, girls who were friends, and then as you get older, that becomes deemed unusual. So that initially straight away you're you're kind of turning your back on something that's natural to yourself, and and then yeah, in the end it's a case for me the same. You know choosing to play sports um take part in behaviors that um yeah are acceptable as as a boy um growing into a man and yeah those feelings as well shutting down the feelings you have um not showing any weakness is obviously really important and it is a bit of a survival really i think for a lot of um boys if not all of them um whether they're aware of it fully or not i know a lot of uh, young people struggled and i certainly struggled at certain times as a as a child growing up, um, particularly into the teenage years, with all those pressures that come, to be a certain way to, you know, act as that manly figure, mm-hmm. not cry, not show feelings, um, not show anything that might, you know, give the sense that you could be picked on or be weak. Yeah,
0: I know my husband shared with, with um, us last night that when he was growing up, if you showed anything other than, you know, real manly man, you were beaten up. Uh, he used a different expression. Uh, but, he, you know, it wasn't funny. You really had to be very careful to play by the rules. And artistic men were classed as something that, that he, you know, in his world it wasn't safe to be. It was soft. It was soft, yeah. yeah. This morning I'm in the studio with Robin, Tony and Stephen. Welcome. Hello. Gee. Hello. We're talking about uh, masculinity and specifically in this bit we're talking about toxic masculinity. What does it mean to be a man? Is there a perception of this gender that's become toxic and a feeding of the high rates of mental health concerns and putting more men in physical risk of harm than necessary. I've just I've just there conflated two points which I'm hoping we will completely throw out today i've talked about the gender becoming toxic and it's not it's the word masculinity robin can you break the the that down this isn't about men this is about a what
2: um a way we're actually imposing on men to be so it's not about um male or female it's about the energy that we're asking men to actually Um, align to and become and express it's actually not who they are
0: therefore tony pointed out the mask yes so you put the mask on but underneath that you're you're constantly questioning you, you 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 are still you you're still that vulnerable gentle tender person Stephen brought up at the start about um how you relate to other people and how you relate to women and girls at it from a young age and what becomes acceptable and what doesn't do you feel the two of you that it changed how you felt you could relate to girls particularly i mean when you're little you're not going to date them but hit teenage years and just feelings start to change did it change how you related them because there was this mask and this weight on either of your shoulders
3: yeah definitely i know um my own personal experience is I, um, you was know, I was interested in sports and, 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 and those sort of activities and so on. But um, but who I naturally was wouldn't have seen me go and start playing contact sports. But I chose to do that because I thought that's what the girls that I was attracted to they only seemed to go for those kinds of guys. And there was that big confusion of um, big confusion of uh, you know what what women find attractive in a man. And I guess knowing what I know now versus confusion back then is, you know, what they're attracted to is that confidence. It had nothing to do with, you know, fighting or, or you know, that, that sort of physical expression or the bad boys or anything like that. It had nothing to do with that. It was just, it was that, an element of that, that, and I think even then, because they're still growing up as well as young women, there's um, what they thought was confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, you know, a lot of it was just a lot of fear-based and, uh, and things like that, but it was what they thought was confidence they were attracted to, not actually what they were doing or the behaviours. And it was, um, and so, you know, the, the thing about that is, is what, what they're attracted to is, what women are attracted to is, is, is that confidence to stay true to who you are. Yeah. And that's the biggest message that men can, can and young boys and teenagers should, can and should take forward is be you. Yeah. Stay true to who you are. That That's what exudes that confidence and that's what women find attractive.
0: So, in fact, the mask, talking to the mask, so everybody's trying to be who everybody else thinks they should be, which is forever flawed Stephen?
1: Yeah I mean absolutely agree with Tony there and and it is that sort of thing well I've got to shape myself and be this certain person to fit in and yeah if it's to do with girls it'd be well yeah the girls will want someone to be sporty and to look good and have a great body and all this kind of stuff and there's a huge um, pressure and I think it's probably got greater now with body image as well but that link to being a man and how you look as a man so you've got to be muscly and you've got to be this way or that way and we're not all the same shape we're not all the same size and it's it's being being um comfortable with yourself as you grow up is a is a very attractive thing for yourself as much as for anyone else to go this is how i am this is who i am here i am and um, take it or leave it um and i didn't have that growing up um i didn't feel that way about myself um and I know looking around now, looking back with the boys I grew up with, no one else had that either. It was all a lot of insecurity. And it's kind of sad that we have that insecurity and we got to really question why we have that insecurity. Why do we allow young boys to be so mm. insecure growing up? Why do we create a society that makes it difficult to be who you are? It's toxic. Very toxic.
2: That um, comes back to what the question you asked before about gender and what Tony was sharing, and both what Stephen was sharing, is that we're all actually in on it. We're all actually um, feeding the masculinity model because women actually are feeding it as well. And so it's not that's where it doesn't become a gender yeah. process. Yeah. It's actually a masculinity process mm. that we're all, both men and women, are actually involved in but we're not actually realizing how much we're involved in it. So it's really good to talk about it, to actually allow us to have that awareness to actually go, oh, so I was looking for the masculine man growing up. Why? Why was I feeding that? Why was I actually saying you're not enough of a man because you're not like this, or you are enough of a man because you are like this? Why? Why?
1: Steven? Yeah, I think I know. I I agree with Robin's saying, and but then if I look at also from my own personal responsibility as that young teenager, I never gave girls a chance for them to see who I was, mm. and who knows how they would have responded to that? Yeah, maybe they would have loved it. You yeah. know, I know that you know that's certainly a great possibility that they would have.
2: There's actually research to say um, when a woman is given the opportunity to pick a masculine man versus a feminine man, we will pick the masculine man so the likelihood of you being yourself and being accepted from women is actually quite low
0: that's disgraceful it is very disgraceful actually I'm, I'm quite angry about that
2: and i actually have to throw myself in there as well because i wanted a masculine man i didn't want a feminine man because it actually brought up so much in me that i didn't want to deal with because I was, I was actually su- subscribed to the masculinity too and I started to become quite masculine mm. to outmail the men. So I didn't want to be exposed for where I was at as a woman. So I wanted to have the reflection of the masculine man. Do you
0: think that women struggle when they are adored for being women and gentle and... Kind, or you, do we, do do we as women, and do you, have you noticed women when you adore someone, is that hard to handle?
1: Yes, <laughs> simple <laughs> answer. Okay. Yeah, I've experienced experienced that with partners in the past, where if you display a level of affection and care and tenderness, it's sometimes very difficult for the woman to accept that, and. I've seen that in a lot of women, and it's definitely something, you know. That's why why it shows this is not a gender issue. This is not about men versus women. This is about us not honouring men or women for who they are, and not appreciating, you know, the beauty in people, um, in everyone. And yeah, so when I see that in the partners I've had in the past, and to feel that discomfort with being loved, the it's almost like a squirming. it's, it's such a, it's such tragic. It's actually tragic, yeah.
2: I actually had to shut my husband down on that. He was so caring, wanted to make me dinner, wanted to adore me, and I went, cannot have that. We're only just returning back to that now after 11 years of marriage. Wow. Because I could not accept it.
0: And here you are, <laughs> working with men on just that now. Tony, did you want to add something?
3: Yeah, the thing, thing I wanted to share was about... I think what a lot of people want to do is to feel safe. Mm. You know, feel safe to to be themselves, and and you know, as human beings, we're hardwired to belong, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's that's what everyone's out there and yearning for and looking for. Um, but as I know, it's um where it, where it all starts is with yourself, and uh, and just feeling comfortable in being who you are, and and having that sense of belonging within yourself first, and then you know then the rest rest certainly helps allow helps the rest to flow a lot better from there. Mm-hmm. But that when you're in interaction with another partner or another friend or what have you, that's, it's feeling safe in, the, in those environments, whether it's a partnership at home or it's, it's your, own, your own circle of friends, but to feel safe to be yourself, um, that's, that's what people are looking for. And so it's allowing that, that, that environment of feeling safe.
0: Feeling safe. You know what? We don't talk about it enough, do we? That, that, that really hits the nail on the head. Are you safe? To be yourself or are you likely to be rejected? And the moment you get rejected, it plants a seed that says, I'm not safe to be myself. And you start and it starts to grow if you don't actually go, Whoa, hold on one second. It's just that person that couldn't couldn't accept me or didn't want to be with me. It doesn't mean that all women are like this or all situations or all teachers or all sports coaches or all parents like that. It's always going to be like that.
3: And that's the thing, Like fear of rejection is one of the num- number one fears that exist out there. I remember hearing a great acronym <clears throat> for the word fear is uh, f- false emotions assume real. Yeah. And if you think about that, like, and I know the same thing in my own life, 99% of the time that I assumed or had a fear around something, 99% of the time it wasn't even real. I was creating a something or an assumption or a set of outcomes that were never going to happen but out of literally fear, um, allow that to manifest.
2: Yeah. But the fear is actually real because there is an enormous amount of literature on what's called backlash. So if you act counter-stereotypically to the masculine model, you will receive backlash. So, you know, on a social level, on an economic level,
0: it's actually quite real. But that's, that's, what's, that's where... Unless we talk about it, we can't then go because it's real, we can't do anything about it. We have to go that we love men so much that we cannot leave it at that. We have to be that change that we want to see just in our own lives with the men and the men with the women. You know, each of us, whatever gender you identify with, to live in equalness with the other people in your life it just takes one
2: person to break the mold and hold steady and say you guys can do this too it's like what you were saying before tony it gives people permission Mm. to actually go well if you can do that and you're not dead (laughs) or getting attacked or even if you are you're actually holding yourself so well i can do that too
1: Yeah, I think the thing as well that I've clocked and it's obviously quite unique with Robin is that most of the times when you see um, articles or, you know, literature about a a men's situation or women's situation, it's always written by the man about the man or the woman about the woman. So the Me Too movement is mainly written by um, female journalists or, um, you know, just women who are passionate about the topic, which is why it's so great about Robin taking on the topic of masculinity as a woman. It's a very powerful thing to do. And I do feel as a society, we're too wrapped up still in I'm a man or I'm a woman uh, rather than I'm a person and I care about everyone. Mm-hmm. And then we're all in this together. And it, it doesn't really come through. It comes through as I'm affected by this as a woman or I'm affected by this as a man. It's women's fault or it's uh, men's fault that that happens. And, yeah, we've just got to get away from that.
0: I have fallen into that one, Stephen. I, I sat there and thought, can I... I'm, I'm a massive advocate for men. I'm um, a white-ribbon advocate, so I actually work within that organisation to to talk about how we can work with men to to um, end domestic violence or violence against women. But I, I often sit there and go, can I do a show... For international men's day can I do this can I do that I'm a woman well yeah you know what I can because I love men and I realize I'm we're all part of the problem we're all part of the solution
3: and I think that's where in support of what Robin and Stephen are saying there's a lot of confusion out there as far as men and women as a gender but masculinity and femininity as as energy or, or, or ways of being yeah and the thing is that that, that exists Masculinity and femininity exists in both genders, and that's and that's how we are as human beings. And and you know, a great example is any man that can, I reckon, any man would be lying if he reckons he um that that one woman in his life who is always soft and caring and affectionate around is his mum. Mhm. So any man that reckons he uh th- th- that says, oh no no, I'd I never sort of go, I never I never feel like that. Yeah, come on. How are you, how are you like when you give your mum a hug?
0: Yeah.
3: You know, and it's um it's in everybody.
0: It is. And, we um, all and melt. The thing
3: with masculinity and femininity—they're all situational specific. Mm. You know, so yeah, there is there is a time to, to you know bring, be in your masculine, yeah. and there's also very acceptable times to be in your feminine yeah. as a man. And the same denial, as, same as both for a woman.
0: So, um, I've noticed there's there are some. Um, it's really difficult not to generalise when I when I say this, but there are some men who get quite aggressive and defensive about not being gay. You know, there's this whole thing, they're going to be as tough as they can because there's an absolute fear that anyone might consider that they might be questioning their sexuality. That's a, it's a massive issue with bullying in schools where they kind of arc up and do the whole no, it's not an ounce of me. What's with that? Is that the fear again of, is it the fear of them not knowing who they are and, and thinking that any of that weakness as they perceive it in themselves is them then questioning their sexuality.
3: Yeah, that becomes another mask or another another scenario that society provides to stay confused or, or to hide behind that versus um, being okay to express again who you are.
2: But it comes down to what you were sharing, Tony, that we're actually energy first, gender second. But what about our sexuality? Mm. That's also an expression of... Of the energy so it's not as relevant as we think it should be or we're trying to make
0: it be if we've got to come back to that energy first haven't we i mean our cells our cells are if you go back to science and go and look on a cellular level there are science explosions happening in us all the time where there is the energy happening between the cells which means that my brain works my fingers work my my heart works and we make we forget that energy is the source of it all. Um, we just seem to have these identities which make us very very solid and very real, and then we try and make it logical from there, but we've forgotten that before we're anything, we are well i would I would always put it down to it, that we're loving beings.
2: And it really reduces us us down like I saw that in the. Situation with the woman in Melbourne who was raped and killed and how everyone got onto social media and made it about gender and made it about how men needed to step up and men needed to do this and men needed to do that, where that actually reduces the whole discussion down to gender rather than going, hey, guys, this is actually a societal problem. Mm. This is not a gender problem.
1: And it's very difficult then for a man to come in and say that kind of thing because if you do, then you're considered you're actually anti-women. When even if, like you're, you're saying there, it's just more a case of, let's look at the bigger picture, let's look at why these things are happening, not just go into, men should stop doing these things, men should stop... Because when you do, a lot of men just shut down and go anti-women. It's almost just it's, the cycle continues.
0: And, of course, we have to say, women should be allowed to walk wherever they want to walk. They should mm-hmm. be allowed to wear whatever they want to wear. So should men. Absolutely. This is where it's not gender-based. Unfortunately, with the statistics, it is men who are the more physically violent um, of the two genders. And when you look at the statistics, the uh, women are on the receiving end of that more than men. But men attack men equally. I mean, the the statistics for that are not crash hot. Um, You know, young men going out on a night out are equally at risk of being abused both sexually and physically as women. That's not cool.
1: Absolutely. I think the thing that we've got to get away from is that we've just got to say, oh, men, stop doing it. Because it's like, well, let's look at why it's happening. What are we conditioning men to be? And that's really the the bigger picture of what it's all about. Um, And it's that identification that men have to be a certain way because it's safe. Because it's not safe to be that gentler man that would never do those kind of things. It's about
2: abuse. It's not about gender. And we've allowed abuse, and part of the
0: masculinity process is allowing that, which we're all a part of. Joining me in the studio today, I have got Robin Jones, Tony Sambal, and Stephen Gammack. Welcome. Hello. Hello. We have been talking about masculinity and toxic masculinity. We've heard this morning how it's really... Important to make it gender neutral, not to make it about being male or female. When you hear that the current research is saying masculinity is so is so, and that word masculinity is associated with the second highest contributor to male death, there is reason to consider what being in a man in the world actually looks like. Um, we were talking just before about abuse, and that. Some of So many of the atrocious things that are happening at the moment and the violence, the gender-based violence, aren't actually about gender. They're about abuse. How on earth did we get to a place where that kind of abuse was acceptable? And it's not blaming either side or pl- having either side being a victim. There is no winner in this. If you are the perpetrator, you don't win. If you're the victim, you don't win. No one wins. So if we can get through this and just have a conversation about, about how we got to where we've got to. I was sharing that there are some things that come out of my mouth. There are some behaviors that I do. There are some things that I say that I'm not aware of feeding that gender um, way of the, the issue or the you know the feminine or doing the doing you know one up one down whatever I I'm not aware that I'm doing it so in this in this little bit we're going to talk about situations that happen so that we can start to question ourselves gently be kind with ourselves and recognize where those subtleties lie that ends up in the situations where we have an abuse where we're so focused on the abuse, we're not actually looking at the subtle things that happen, that we've let go for so long that they end up as abuse. So as I was writing the paper, um, what I was coming to
2: understand is more about men and where men are at and who they actually are outside of masculinity. And I realized that the way I was speaking to my husband and to men in general had a toughness. Like I just expected them, they're tough you know they're tough they're strong they're all this you know all the masculinity that we've talked about so I was actually going to them just assuming that's how I needed to speak with them was too tough and 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 there was a quite a, a little bit of a disregard for their sensitivity and how naturally gentle they actually are so I had to come to a deeper understanding of my behavior and how I was actually treating men and this this paper was huge in actually allowing me to drop a lot of that stuff and come to a deeper understanding
0: of how to actually relate to men i know in my house or in my upbringing in my life i've i've got some really quite gentle men in my life but i have always thought that there are conversations you have with your male friends and the conversations you have with your female friends and men really don't want to go there with some of the more sensitive conversations, that's fine, you just have them with your female friends. But it's like you were suggesting earlier Stephen, if I don't actually start the conversation and have the conversation, how do I know that the man that I might be speaking to doesn't want to have that conversation, I don't even give him a chance.
1: I had this situation arise recently actually with a friend um, they were around for dinner and They said they wanted to talk, they were talking about their period. Uh, She was talking about her period. And she said, Oh, Stephen, you won't want to hear this conversation. I think it was, she said, or something along those lines. So I hope this is uncomfortable for you. And I kind of sat for a minute with her and I said, Hang on, look, I just want to say, you don't need to make a disclaimer for this. This is part of your natural part of your life. Um, and I'm quite open to hearing it because it gives me a greater understanding of you as well and the things you go through you and I think really... we kind of make that demarcation between this is for me to talk with my uh, female friends and this is for me to talk with my male friends and it just doesn't make any sense to, to live like that because when we do we create that divide between us mm. which is that kind of starting point point. and I've definitely experienced what Robins talked about where I've had women who talk to me very differently with a lot less affection then they'll talk to their female friends, Aww. and it's quite—it's quite crushing, I guess, to hear that. But when you understanding it, understand it, it becomes less so. But I think for a lot of men, that you know, even if they won't admit it, it's—it's it's quite hurtful. Oh, and it's abusive.
2: Feel... Yeah, it's actually abusive. So we're actually feeding, the abuse, as well, which is actually quite daunting to accept the responsibility for that
0: and go. I no longer can do that. It just makes it huge. So when you say it's abusive, I go, oh, that's a bit strong. And then I go, but actually, if Stephen isn't given the opportunity to have those kinds of conversations or be aware or be around those kinds of conversations, then it is putting you in a box. And that's abusive on a small level that you just that you make someone less than they are, which we ignore until... Stephen comes out of the box fighting and then we go oh, that's a bit unnecessary Stephen
1: hmm. and I think what I've observed with men a lot is that actually a lot of men are very brittle because we have this identification that we've got, we've given ourselves of being a man and if that ever gets, a part of it gets questioned say us being tough or being a great leader or provider or protector if that get questioned in any way then what are we left with and so often we can get really defensive and you not actually have that greater relationship with ourself because we've been so bound up in being other things that we think we need to be for our friends our family the world around us
0: and of course that's where the suicide risk comes in because the moment those identities are challenged or or go wrong or something drastic happens in them then who am i and the that that's there's that potential straight away tony
3: and and further to exactly what steve and and robin are saying there's Again, it's back to who we are as human beings. We, as human beings, we want to feel heard. Mm. And and yes, you know, as a, from a gender side of things, you know, men and women have a different natural at a natural state have mm. a different style of communication. Mm. Like guys like to go straight from A to G, um, and women like to go A, B, C, D, E, F, maybe back to D and up to E and back to C then E F G and but <laughs> still get to the point. Yeah. Um, so whilst it's a different communication style. Um, there's the, the still still the need and the want to communicate, but particularly yeah. to want to feel heard.
0: And what I loved about what what um, Robin was sharing is she's clearly an A to G person, and like all that fluffy stuff, if A B C D whatever doesn't work for her, yet her husband sounds like he might have been quite happy doing the A B C. And so there was a there was a, just don't assume, in, yeah. yeah, don't assume. It's like who knows? We, we each have an expression, and let's just own it. And it's actually honouring.
2: The person and their sensitivity, which is what I've come back to with relating to men, when we don't honour, then it's for me, it's abusive. So if you're not holding that person as as who they are, as their preciousness of of who they actually are deep down within themselves before any of this came along, as babies, you know we do not know whether they're male or female babies. they are all the same expression but then we actually go, oh, they're a male or they're a female. And so then all the connotations start. Mm -hmm. When we come back to that beautiful sensitivity that we all have equally, there's an honoring in that. And anything less than that is
1: abuse. It's quite interesting on that note when you talk about that. It obviously makes me feel straight away about how we then label the child with the pink or the blue. And I always remember, especially my teenage years, going into like sports shops and I'd be like, Oh, I love those colours and then I'd be realising that it's the the women's section I'm in. You know. <laughs> but that's, that's just a perfect example of like this is what you will wear. I mean that's like a really obvious subtle undermining of how we might feel about something. And there's these constant subtle undermining. They're really obvious when we're younger, um, in our teenage years at school, it's tough, it's it's easy to see them but once we get into um, adulthood and in the workplace, they become these subtle things that we're expected to be or not be, and behaviours we're expected to have. Um, I'm not allowed to be cold at work because I'm a man. So, I, and also I'm from Scotland too. So, <laughs> the, the two together means I shouldn't be allowed to be cold. You can't be cold. But why would a man be less cold than a woman? You know, yeah, that's such a such an obvious, simple thing. But you know, if we bring it back to something as simple as that,
0: you're just physically cold. Yeah.
1: And that's how that goes into everything we do. If Mm. if we're expected to be not cold, then what other things are we expected to be Mm. that isn't who we are?
0: Mm. I, I wonder whether the reaction to this is what feeds some of the extremes of now saying, you know, you can't have male and female. You can't have he and she. You have to have gender neutral
1: yeah, I think what what you're talking about is, is, is a simplicity. Mm-hmm. There is a simplicity to how we can be as men and women, boys and girls, how we treat each other. Mm-hmm. And yet there will be some differences between, obvious ones between the man and the woman, male and female. But as I think Tony said already, we have masculine or we have feminine, whatever you want to call it, male and female in us. So we have those traits um, and we have those natural qualities as well that are inside us and... If we just allow everyone to be how they feel to be, that's kind of where we could move towards. I mean, that's a big shift from where we are now, because if you look at the way you know children are brought up, everything is not confirming them to just um, trust their feelings. So, I mean, that goes right into education. That goes into opening a whole can of worms there, but um, everything there is not allowing for the feelings we have, and the, it's that stopping that suppression and allowing for the simplicity.
0: Does the outside look influence how people uh, treat you? So, either of you in your life, have, have people presumed because of the way you're built or because of yeah, how you Yeah, I've,
3: I've had that a lot, you know, because like I shared, it will be hard the listeners to picture this, but like I'm a. You know, I've dropped around 10 kilos now, so I'm around 100 kilos now, but when I was playing more active or high level sports, I was about 110, 112, you know, quite muscular and what have you, and there was. um. Um, there's a lot of perception around that that one I was a bullfed and had had no 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 intelligence or anything like that, but also that um, that you yeah, people just assumed that that's that, that's what I was. I was just that that hard hard you know hard person that didn't have any of that kind of expression. Whereas anyone that spent the time to get to know me knew that was that was the exact opposite. I think that that's one big thing with a lot of this. It's um is that you know there's a there's a time and pl- there's a time and a place for it all. Like I I believe a lot of the, a lot of the the masculine the feminine it's all situational mm-hmm. you know it's um there's absolutely nothing wrong with a guy um you know like looking at art or like doing things with colors like Stephen was saying or, or or there's a whole bunch of different examples but then in certain situations doesn't mean you can't you can't cover things the way the way it's perceived as well it's just realizing all, all that exists within us and it, yeah. if you're just going to do the same thing what just do everything one way the same way all the time it's it pretty boring
0: yeah
3: Whereas an opportunity for a really, really a life full of variety and expression and a whole bunch of different things there can be even a much more exciting life to live by being you, peeling
0: knowing back it, the layers. It's all in you. That's right. No, we were probably all that as little children. Yeah. We we didn't have that. Gets the programmed hung-ups. out of you, or mm. conditioned out of you. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing um, in the sharing is
2: the word expression come up over and over and over again, and it's like we, you know looking at it and going oh I actually have a choice of what I express I can choose to express masculinity now that we're having a conversation about it, now that we're opening it up we can now deconstruct it in a way to go I don't actually have to express masculinity I can express who I am, you know who I naturally am. I can express my sensitivity, I can express my tenderness, I can express my, my gentleness, We we need to know we have a choice, I suppose that's what I'd like to to really share is we need to know that we have a choice and currently the way the discussions are and the things that are around on social media and a lot of in the media we don't actually realize we have the choice i mean that's huge
1: i think what you're talking about there as well you know being able to express that you know being a man without the masculine I think for a lot of men, I would imagine there's that fear, well, if I've not got the, the masculine, what, who am I? You know, I'm going to be turned into something I don't want to be. But, I mean, Tony's a great example of that. You know, he's described how he looks. He's, he's a big guy, you know, but he's, he's completely in touch with, um, you know, how he feels in his body. And that's, you know, you don't need to lose yourself as a man to be feeling things and be sensitive we we all are sensitive i think that's what we have to recognize that to say we're not sensitive is is not true it's just we're not aware of it if that's all it is really
2: because you lose the false identity and you gain the true identity if we can put it like that so you don't lose anything
1: really no nothing Mm. and you're you're um you're completely um much steadier i feel that's what it as well less I think what we we're talking about earlier that whole thing um you know of being called gay when you're younger as a guy you don't want to get called gay you know and for whatever reason there's it's obviously a lot of it's wrapped up in I've got to be tough but when you have that um knowing of yourself then you can get called anything um you can get called a sissy or a girl or all these things as a man which you know, I wouldn't bother me now if someone said that I was gay because I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I also wouldn't bother me um, being called a girl or girly because I know who I am, and that so it doesn't matter.
0: This is the key, isn't it? You you need to build that relationship with who you are and maintain that relationship with who you are, and not try and be something that you're not. So date yourself, get to know who you are, get to know what you like and what you don't like, get to but keep that relationship with your body and that sensitivity so you can go and play football you can go and if you want to climb mountain go climb a mountain but do it as you knowing that you uh, what you're feeling and why you're doing it and if you want to um, uh, play music or do art or um, sit and have deep and intimate conversations with people do it but be you while you're doing it because otherwise there's a mask on and that's very dangerous for our physical and our mental health because there is a definite consequence between not being you and living to someone else's ideals and the correlation between physical health outcomes.
2: And it's exploring that sense of self outside of the prescribed ways of being. Yeah. And it's really experimenting with that. Yeah. It's so important to experiment and go, well, what do I like? Yeah. Do I want to eat meat? Because there's research to say that men will eat meat to f- be more masculine. Do you really want to eat meat? And what meat would you like to eat? Yeah. Do you want to eat the big T-bone steak or do you want to have the little chop? Yeah. Like, what would you like? What yeah. What's actually works for you? What's your expression? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think an example that's coming to mind for me is um, as men... Um, we spend a lot of time in our heads, whereas where a lot of who we are as human beings exists is is in our hearts. Mm. But when you talk about heart, then that or that is another example that comes into this perception of being soft, yeah, you know, which is not not being a man, which is absolute rubbish. Mm. But as human beings, you know, a lot of things stem from the heart, including how the blood our blood circulates and oxygen circulates around our bodies. Mm. And so, as men, yeah, you know, we 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 there's elements of that where we spend a lot of time in our heads and 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 don't feel and like i remember years ago you're talking about the skill olympics like um you yeah, it was one of the skills I, I was very strong skill was ability to troubleshoot so when i was in the skill olympics that you know yeah. got me through australia and got to compete in the world ones and so i thought one of my best traits was the fact that i could think any problem through and troubleshoot yes. things mm. so i thought that was a massive and great strength it, it was and it was a good skill but it's not where i was meant to spend 80 90 of my life mm. in my head and as I learnt over time to get out of that and realise that, you know, situational specific again. You know, if there's a time to feel, feel. Yeah. If there's a time to think something through, think it through.
0: I like the way you pulled it back when you mentioned about fear. Um, when you pulled it back and saying it's heart and heart centric, that was that fear of being vulnerable in mm. your heart. So to make sure that you're not vulnerable, you stay in your head. You stay like you know, chin up as opposed to chin down. Steven.
1: Yeah, Yeah, well, just from what Robin and Tony have shared there, it really gave me the sense, and obviously Lucy brought in the stats about suicide, of just how good we are at acting. Mm. We just are so good at playing this role and pretending we're alright um, with, with being the, with the way things are and accepting things the way, are, the way they are. We're so used to playing a role that it's actually almost, it's a challenge to say well oh, maybe i like this or i don't like meat, or um i like this color or i like art or whatever it might be because um, we get so wrapped up in this is this is what i got to be in society to be okay with everyone around us
2: and you can understand with all that acting that you would be left with a sense of emptiness and um feeling like there's nothing And so you can understand why men go and take their lives because the statistics on male suicide are horrifying. Every single country in the world except one country, and that's China, males will commit suicide versus females. That's horrifying. And I suspect that, you know, if men in China could, they probably would. You know, that's... The acting and the trying to be something is not working.
0: Can I just throw in a bit of literary magnificence here? Shakespeare said, "All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players." And that's exactly it. They have, they have their entrances and their exits, but we're playing a role, and we have to question. We have to question.
2: Is it working?
0: Yeah. No. No. It's not working. What you have just shared there, illustrated. Well, you, you look at the male
2: um, health rates as well. Like they. They're terrible Mm. and the risky behaviours, the risky health behaviours that come and are seen and championed through masculinity are again hurting men and they're
0: also hurting women. My guests in the studio today are Robin, Tony and Stephen. Hello. It is lovely to have you here having this conversation with all of us today. My sense is we've really got an idea now of what is actually wrong with that word masculinity how it is poisonous it's toxic when considered as a gendered issue but it is it go it crosses it crosses gender it's gender neutral really the the problem and the uh how how we've got to a place where that word is as toxic as it is so bearing in mind i kind of felt that there's been an unraveling we really do need to say okay so what can we do how can we now now that we're aware of something we're going to put our foot in it left right and center well if anyone's like me likely to put our foot in it left right and center um i feel like i'm going out into the world with new eyes where do we start
1: well, I guess we start. You know, it's always sounds a little bit corny, but we have to start with ourselves and how we are with how we interact with other people. I mean, we can't really do anything other than that. That's what I feel, and that's been my experience. Is that if you want to um, see a change in how we are, not just for men but for women, everyone to relate, then we have to reflect to other people, and we have to express the way that we actually feel to express, and be honest about how things are as well. So be honest that look at what things we maybe have in our own lives that we don't actually want to behave like but we take on or have taken on maybe even many years ago because we felt that we had to we felt like we had to be a certain way
3: exactly you're and and exactly like Steven saying like for mine it's um it's be you and you're talking about some literary brilliance so it popped to mind when you were sharing that one before but uh i remember reading wayne bennett's book years ago um was one of his first ones, uh, the man in the, uh, called the man in the mirror. Um, so no, sorry, it's called don't bother with the music in you. But it's uh, inside that's a poem called the man in the mirror. And the thing with that poem is, if people Google that, literally called the man in the mirror, yeah, that that's a great expression of, uh, of of what you can do for yourself and yeah. to be able to look in the mirror and say, hey, you know, you are you, and and you're pretty you're pretty damn cool, and to be okay to do that. And and like Stephen's saying is, it's um it's it's about expression too. Um, expression is okay as a man and 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 start having those conversations like start with it at home start start with in, in those wherever those everyone's got everyone would have at least one or two either contacts or relationships or environments where they feel safe start with that and start having those conversations like start just asking the question hey how do you feel in these situations and you'd be surprised the relief in the other person that close mate those couple of close friends where they say oh i'm so glad you brought that up but what often happens if people don't bring it up because they assume that either they don't want to talk about it or I'm soft because if I, if I bring that up. But take the lead. Um, yeah, put your hand up and take the lead and do that. And uh, and the other thing around... So have those conversations and, and, and be okay with that. Um, and, and just know that your friends will be yearning for that as well. The other thing around expression is um, is to make sure that you know we, we do express and release. Like When you look at emotion, like emotion is something that's been conditioned in us as men, uh, especially in... Um, most recent generations that it's not something to express but when you break the word emotion down it's energy and motion mm-hmm. so when you think about it that way because men like to you know understand how things work and what have you well if you break the word emotion down into energy and motion which is what it is energy and motion are two dynamic things they're meant to be expressed
0: mm-hmm.
3: so emotion is not meant to be suppressed
0: otherwise it it's becomes meant, like it's mount, it's mount the met, it's meant to flow. yeah that's where you get that's the what explosion. happens and the
3: bottling up and mm-hmm. the so on then there's going to be something that wasn't that scenario, but something's going to cause the volcano to erupt. Mm. So you know, to deal with these things when they're small. Express when they're small. Um, yeah, whether that's those conversations in those trusted environments, or, or you know, when you're out in the car on your own, just grab hold of that steering wheel and yell if that's what you feel like you want to do.
0: Uh, yeah, I am so frustrated. Name, name it. Just name, name it, the emotion so you can say, you're "I'm so safe frustrated." In your own yep. car
3: and just yep. do that. Like things like that that you can do. Um, you want to get, get in, a, in a quiet room and just get a, a pillow on the floor or something and just and just just express and strike on that you know, strike a pillow in 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 a quiet room somewhere rather than striking someone else but yeah. get get that out of you
0: i think part of it is um we were talking before feel the fear and do it anyway mm. you know it's it's saying okay i this makes me uncomfortable to feel this level of vulnerability but i've got to understand why i'm feeling that so when you're punching your pillow which is great because you're not punching a person, say, how did I get to a place where I needed to punch a pillow? How, where could I have expressed before that the energy that I was feeling, the energy, emotion? How could I have got that out of me before so that I didn't end up feeling like I'm at the end of my tether?
3: And my last one was, um, I started with be you. Hmm. I can't reiterate that enough. Be you and be who you naturally are because that's what people will really connect to and people will pick up on that when you're being your true self. Um, and, and just to close with that key word which is probably one of the strongest states that any man, any woman, any, any human being can exist in is that state of being vulnerable mm-hmm. and, and really okay. hold that
2: too because people might reject it to start with but as you hold it and you stay steady in that it actually allows people to let go and allow that in and so you don't have to change who you are you just hold them and yourself and go, I understand that you may be caught up in something or maybe you're you're wanting me to be a different way but that's okay I, I don't want to change so I'll, I'll hold really steady and, and people break down and start to allow that to be okay and I wanted to share also we we wait for permission from outside of us to be able to be ourselves we need to give ourselves that permission straight
1: up yeah and, and just from that as well, what came to me was Tony had mentioned before about the mask and how we wear the mask. Is if you have that permission for yourself, is to see in others and see beyond the mask that others wear. So be able to look at another person and realise that what you may see is not all that is going on for that person. You know, so the the masculine ma- macho man underneath that is you know very tender and sensitive man that is possibly screaming to get out. And that doesn't mean you have to go in and provoke them any reaction or get them to become something, but just be very allowing with each other. I think that's really important that we're very accepting and allowing of other people.
3: I said before, every man loves to give his mama a hug, so no man can say he doesn't have sensitivity inside of him.
0: That's right. All right. Look, thank you all so much. I feel as if the I've been unravelled that we've got a level of I mean a, an openness and a sensitivity in this room that must be felt across the airwaves there's just no question and enjoy it it's pretty awesome yes, yes it is it's pretty awesome but i want to thank you all for coming in thank you robin for flying down to visit us today thank yeah, you totally welcome and how lovely to have tony and Stephen in the studio with me great to have you hope you have you back
1: thank you lissy been a pleasure
0: Um, It's always pertinent to remind ourselves that whatever ease has happened to us in our lives, it doesn't define us, but programs like this can sometimes bring it to the surface. So please get help, get support, and don't feel like you need to um, squash anything. Energy, emotion, express it. Find a place to express it. Um, There are places out there, so please look into the community and and find the resources. I will put resources on the website um, when I do the blog of this show, but there are resources on there already for support in the local area or for Lifeline. Um, By listening to each other and responding to each other, we can build tools to address what we don't yet feel equipped to manage, and this may be one of those things. Inside, of course, we do have those skills. We just sometimes... lack the confidence and and the knowledge of how to apply them learn to trust again don't be afraid to go for it that way we don't wait for life to come to us we take ourselves to life and be the change we want to see till next week's show be kind be caring be love be all of you you've been listening to stay in the loop with lucy on triple h 100.1 fm